You're tuned into Bible Snacks. Not the full meal, just a spiritual snack for on the go. Alright, this story we have for you, it's almost too hard to even believe, right? As with a lot of our stories. Yeah, you know we love our road trips. So this time we're road tripping it out to Tennessee. And we just we pick a place to stay on the iPad the night before. Picked ourselves a nice cabin at the top of a mountain mm-hmm. somewhere. Like supposed to be private, secluded, high up. And um, we ran a little late getting there. There's no agenda. We take our time. So we didn't show up until about 11 o'clock at night. But... The thing you don't think about is having to drive up a mountain at 11 o'clock at night. Pitch black, no road lights, obviously. And here we are just, I remember we kept circling around and around, just going up the mountain so slow, wondering, are we even going to make it up this thing? Right. Yeah. I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, like if they ever got ice and snow here, how did yeah. they, how they even get there? But yeah, so we got to our cabin and like you said, it was late at night and, um, one of the perks to this cabin was that they had a hot tub outside and it was in the fall time. So it was a nice, crisp, cool night. And we were super achy from being in the car for hours. And it was like, oh, okay, that's going to be really nice. Mm-hmm. So we get in this hot tub and, you know, literally probably two minutes of getting. It was right in. when we laid back and we're like, this is nice, quiet, peaceful. We were sitting there. We heard something. <laughs> <laughs> a siren, right? In the, in the distance, like just so slightly. At first, didn't even think anything of it because we're used to sirens. Right, right. But then I think you even did say like, we're like in the middle of nowhere. There shouldn't be sirens. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're at the top of a mountain. So first off, it was like, oh my goodness, there's a siren. And then it would get loud and then it'd get quiet because it'd circle around. And it get a little bit louder the next time. And I'm like, well, surely they're not coming this way. Like, can a fire truck even get up here? I mean, the road yeah. got really narrow. And it was about the time that I heard the chains That's underneath right. of the fire truck. I'm like, crud, <laughs> this is getting they're close. here. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and all I'm thinking is, well, first off, is something going on around our house, inside of our house? Because we're on, we're on the back porch here. Yeah. Like, are we on fire? Or is there a neighbor that sees the smoke somewhere and they're, like, calling, thinking that the house is blazing because nobody was here two hours ago? So we jump out, rush to the front door, about the time that this fire engine goes rolling by. Yeah. And I'll never forget you open that front door and there's a nice, hot, blazing fire. (laughs) I have never been that close to a fire that big in my life and to think <laughs> like you're literally just like what's going on outside open the front door and the guy right across from you is blazed on fire oh totally <laughs> engulfed like i just i have it burnt in my memory of, <laughs> of like the frame you can see the frame of the house mm-hmm. but everything else is just flames roaring and i'm like so oh. to be fair from the way we we're positioned we could not smell the smoke or anything. Like, it yeah. must have been blowing down the mountain or, or something. And we didn't hear it. I don't know how. <laughs> it's um, <fire> loud. <laughs> I'm crackling. She yeah. heard something, right? <laughs> the fire engine's going to hear it over the fire engine. But, yeah. So, you opened that door and it was like, oh, okay. All right. So, there's that. Yeah. We totally missed it. Now, we do have to say that it did, you know, everybody was okay. The people were 
not at the mm-hmm. cabin at the time, so yeah. they just lost their possessions. But um, everybody was okay. But we lost our water for the night. We did, but that's all right. It was 11 o'clock, so all we yeah. needed to do was brush our teeth anyway. Yeah. Um, and I just, I can't believe that we missed it. And so you might wonder, like, what does this have to do with the Bible? And it has us thinking about all the times in Scripture when there's things that, hey, God's trying to get your attention or uh, he's sending a messenger to you. And it's like, are you even going to notice um, right. When you think about something burning and the Bible, what comes to mind? A bush, of course. The, the, a the bush, bush, a burning bush. Think about Moses, right? Yeah. So that brings me to Exodus chapter two. And um, I'm going to just kind of jump around here a little bit for the sake of time, because there's a lot of scripture here. Um, but I want to start the story with uh, verse 21, making it a point to, to say that and Moses was content to dwell with the man. So, um, first off, you need to know that Moses was content in his life, much <laughs> like we were when we had gotten into the hot tub. We were we were nice and content. Good point. Um, chapter 3, starting at verse 1, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called out to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. So first off, um, Moses had to be looking at this for a second. When you think yeah. about it, he's checking this bush out, and he realizes it's not consumed. Mm-hmm. Think about, I mean, some things burn pretty quick, but, you know. Other so things bush take- on fire, normal. Bush not on fire, but not consumed, not normal. Right, but he had to at least watch it for a short span of time to come to the conclusion it's not burning up. Or yeah. he was doing his own thing and then looked back and he's like, that bush is still there burning. Maybe he thought about putting it out. Well, that's my other question is maybe it was a little fire, not a really big fire or big bush because, I mean, forest fire wasn't a concern or anything. He's just going to let it go and make it make sure it just Yeah, he was sitting there the thinking, you know, only I can prevent forest fire here. Right. No, I, apparently not. He was just watching it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Two points there. But continuing on, uh, the rest of the story goes on to, to say, you know, when the Lord spoke to him and what he was going to do in bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. And verse 10 says, uh, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. This is God talking to Moses, saying he's going to send him to Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? That I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. So a couple of things here that I want to just kind of draw attention to is how did Moses respond when God spoke to him? First off, it's a burning bush. So yeah. there's there's surprise there. But what was Moses' response? When God got his attention to say, I'm speaking to you, hey, like, listen up. 
So verse 11, he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And I think it's ironic because here, here God's talking to him mm-hmm. and he's still saying, who am I? And it's like, well, who are you to have God talking to yeah, you through a bush? <laughs> here, here God is talking to you. Um, he says, who am I? And then God says, I am that I am. So if you look at this, it's kind of funny how how Moses says, who am I? And God says, I am that I am. And a couple verses down. But how did Moses respond to this? Um, his first response is, here am I. When he sees the bush and, and God mm. calls out to him and he says, Moses, Moses, he says, here am I. So his first response is, see this burning bush being spoken to, and he says, here am I. His next thing is, who am I? Hmm. God says... That changed quickly. <laughs> yeah, here am I. And then he says, who am I? And then in verse 13, he says, when I. So this verse says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and shall say to them, The God of your fathers hath sent me, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? So he says, here am I, who am I, and when I. So he's already making it a point to say, hey, I'm paying attention, but there's some doubt. Like, who am I? And then he says, okay, when I. So that is a commitment, so to speak, when you hear it. When he says, when I do this, what am I going to say? But then you flip to the very next chapter. God goes on to, to tell him, this is what you're to say, and this is how the people are going to respond, and and so on and so forth. And um, he says, Moses says, in chapter 4, verse 1, And Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, will they, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. So he goes on this roller coaster, around the mountain time type of thing, here am I, who am I, when I, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> Quite the journey there he's having in uh, self-discovery and submitting, surrendering to God to, mm-hmm. to follow the, the way. And But, I mean, the big win here is that he noticed the bush was burning and stuck around enough to find out what's going on. I mean, he could have just kept walking. What would God have done then? Lightning, maybe? <laughs> Lightning, yeah. Found some other way. And so the you know the burning bush got his attention. Um, another story that, that comes to mind, which is crazier than our story, actually, <laughs> <laughs> because this one has a talking donkey in it, right? Right. So you remember Balaam and his talking donkey. This is in Numbers twenty-two. Um, so it's a lot here. I'll read it quickly, but. The next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it laid down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. 
Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What? <laughs> the donkey says, What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, Go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. What do you think of that? Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, enough said there. You got this talking donkey, angel of the Lord, diverting its path. He didn't see it until God opened his eyes. So the moral of all these stories here is, What's your burning bush? What's your talking donkey? Is God trying to get your attention? What is he trying to tell you? Mm -hmm. And are you missing it? Right. You know, and it could be that God's trying to speak through the word and you're reading something over and over again and you're just not hearing it. Or God also speaks through circumstances and you find yourself in this circumstance and still you're not seeing it or you're doubting like Moses did or resisting. Um, Or God speaks through people. And, you know, you're just, you're, maybe you're not listening to the people that are in your life that are, that God is trying to speak through. Or you could be like us and like Moses and content in your position. We Mm. were content in the hot tub. Yeah. So we weren't, we weren't watching our surroundings. Not looking. And he was content where he was dwelling, but he did see the burning bush. We just didn't see the burning cabin. No, we didn't. (laughs) So open your eyes. (laughs) Look what's burning around you. Or for talking donkeys. 